plug-in on. Da-da. Okay, everybody, I need everybody to talk. Hello. 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 It's looking good. Hello and welcome to episode 85 of the Destroy the Brain podcast. I'm Andy Triefenbach. Jeremy Jones. Joshua Lightfoot. And on this episode, it is the episode after Late Night Grindhouse, so we are covering the film we chose for September's Late Night Grindhouse, Don't Go in the House. But do listen to this episode. We just want you to listen. We just want you to listen. You have been warned. Mm. That's a tagline, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed Late Night Grand House. Maybe you're here because you're like, Andy, why did you show this movie? It's so bleak. Well, we'll talk about it. <gasps> Don't show me. Yeah. Uh, nobody's questioning possession, but. Uh, yes. <laughs> but. Possession is the perfect Valentine's movie. Come on. But September. Why'd you tell me to go in the house? <laughs> yeah, I actually wanted to. It was funny because rewatching it, you know, it obviously takes place in like probably January or something, right? Yeah. Uh, just because it's so cold and everybody's all bundled up and has like three layers of clothing on. It's just like, well, I really wanted to show this in the winter, although but it, it didn't work out. There is a mistake in the movie, but we'll get to it oh, when yeah, we talk yeah, about we'll it. Yeah, we'll get to it. <laughs> I'll, yep. I'm interested to see. I think I know what you're talking about. Okay. We'll find out soon. Uh, All right. Let's go over some stuff. You can follow us on social media because that's where we post to every once in a while. Mm. (laughs) Okay. On Twitter. Where's that? At DTB Horror. On Instagram at Destroy the Brain. On Facebook at Facebook.com slash Destroy the Brain. You can also join our Discord server where you can find us in there and some other like-minded people come on be social come to discord.destroythebrain.com and join it it's free it's free we're not making you pay oh and we've got the monthly movie we do have the monthly movie madness coming up yeah incantation so 2021 yeah next week we'll start talking about it that's right yeah. So, uh, what else we got going on? We can go over our upcoming events, or you can go to destroythebrain.com slash events and see what we all got coming up. But before we get into Don't Go in the House... You know what I would like to plug, though? Ooh, what would you like to plug? Is that if this is coming out on the day it should... And it will. Happy fucking 25th anniversary to Wishmaster. Oh, today's the day, 25 huh? 25 years of more wishes. Is that your wish? Is that your wish? So, you know, Wade's movie bag, you know, tight with them. They're letting Destroy the Brain take over at the Mad Art Gallery this month. And they are letting me show, I don't know how or why, uh, Wishmaster. And pre-show is going to be all 90s horror trailers curated and pulled from my collection. Uh and I will also be bartending that event as Ooh. well. Our what? main man, Sean 
McElroy will not be able to make it that night. He's got another gig. He's got another gig. So he asked me if I wanted to, and it'll be my first time bartending. So you got some theme drinks coming up? Oh, yeah. You know, that was a part of my whole pitch is like, I already got the. Is one of them called Wish Granted? (sighs) Not yet. No. Okay. So I've got, I've got like three (laughs) that I've already got names for. Uh, Cameo surprise. <laughs> and featuring. You know, I thought it would be funny. I, I did kind of fuck with the flyer. It's not completely done right now. Well, it is now. It is now. By the time you're listening but, to it. But then, which is now. But uh, <laughs> I was like, should I do Wade's movie bag and destroy the brain and Wes Craven present? <laughs> which oh, which should have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and if you're lucky, someone may have some vintage Wishmaster buttons to Ooh-wee. give away at the bar. Ooh. That's me. You gotta ask. Uh, doors of, Should we so make a code word? Thursday, September 29th. Yes. So kick off October, the only way I know how, by watching 90s horror. Uh, doors at 7pm. Show begins at 8pm. Yeah. Yeah. Next Thursday, if you're listening know, to it dude. when this comes out. Shit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're fine, I Ask know, I'm Jeremy. Fine. Yeah, no, I'm excited. Don't worry about the future. I, I freaked out for like a day and I'm fine. Yeah. I think yeah. that was the day we talked for a while. <laughs> we recently hung out, sort of, with a sexy sax man. Yeah. Tim Capello. Yes, we did. From uh, The Lost Boys. You may know him from. Well, you, that, that's probably why you know him. Yeah. Is <laughs> Maybe people are really into Tina Turner. I, yeah. I mean, look, you know, I, I was kind of surprised that he didn't mention anything about the St. Louis Tina Turner collection or connection. connection. Right? Yeah. But, well, you know, I mean, he had his he own wasn't thing. playing was, with her back then when it right, was. Right. They were St. Louis based. But I would assume like he would drop it and be like, oh, yeah, you know, especially like if he wanted to win the crowd. But let's be honest, he won the crowd over pretty, pretty quickly. It was weird. Yeah. It was weird. though. Well, it was. So it was at the sinkhole, which, which is, is not a very big venue. near like the riverfront um, right. way south Crundle on Broadway. I mean, I, I like that space. I do, too. I, I think it's a great place to see a show. And it's just loud and small yeah and i think the occupancy is like 50 or something like that or maybe yeah like 75 yeah at most (laughs) something like that and you know i mean if you do see somebody there that garners a crowd it's going to be crowded um which tin capello i mean he brought out a decent amount of people especially for a guy that you know from that movie that's in it for like a few seconds but he's so memorable (laughs) Uh, in that film, um, it was it was a strange concert, because, but it was, you know what it really felt like? It just felt like one of those personal hires, like somebody hired Tim Capello as a joke. Or, it, it, yeah, it was like we were having... Not like, to knock the guy. No, no, no. It was like having a company party, and it's like, oh, and we got like Tim Capello showing up. Yeah. Like, you know, to hype us up for like the, the rest boss's of the night. favorite movie is this, and he was <laughs> able to swing a deal, paying them. I mean, like you know, you thousands know. of dollars to show up. Destroy the brain. Thirteenth uh, <laughs> anniversary is coming up. Uh, what do you mean it's coming up? It's already uh, you know, thirteen. Oh, 13, 13. 13. Yes, the marathon, the late night greenhouse one. Sounds like an after show. Okay. All right. <laughs> 
So, um, yeah, no, it was it was fun. You know, I mean, he came out and was like in a completely, you know, a normal outfit. Well, because he was and like, he was like doing soundtrack. Yeah. And he's like, I just want to let you know, this is not the show. I'm just testing, making sure everything's going to be okay. Because essentially what he does is just run the board. He's a one man band. For the most part, yeah. He's got a laptop, which triggers the songs, which are basically backing tracks. And he does his sexy saxness. And sings. Yeah, and he sings. And, you know, it was kind of interesting because he did a couple of covers. Let's be honest. I mean, the guy does have a CD. Yeah. But he performed, what, four or five songs? He did seven songs, six songs total. Six songs um, total. I think he did at least one original. Yeah, one original. And then, of course, you know, the song that he's infamous for, which is I Still Believe. Yeah. Which was fun. And, you know, it was like a seven minute version. Yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it had a dance and everything. Oh, yeah. They did the star we, dance. We, that was yeah, fun. Yeah, you do yeah. the star. That's a new dance. If you haven't heard, <laughs> um, <laughs> the kids are doing it. Yeah, it was. I had a blast. Um, yeah, but we didn't. Uh, I didn't do it. You didn't do it. I think our friends, uh, Lindsey Corkamp and um, Michael Morlane did mm. it, where they did the Corey Feldman show. No, I, 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 I did. Oh, you did do yeah, this. Well, yeah. I need a report. Um, that's what I was okay. No, that's fine. Uh, so what? It was, no, so Michael actually is the one who mentioned that Michael. Oh fuck, Michael. Lost Boys connection. Oh my god. Okay. Oh my god. Um, mentioned that. Oh, next night, Corey's and Corey Feldman's playing um, the Wildy Theater in Edwardsville, Illinois, which is about forty-five minutes northeast of here in yeah. Illinois. Yeah. Um, did I say Illinois? Okay. Anyways, you did say Illinois. Good job. <laughs> so I was like, well, shit. We like, I gotta go see that right like when i heard cory Feldman was oh he's performing mm-hmm. i thought oh so he's doing stand-up comedy no <laughs> no he's in a oh, band no. concert yeah <laughs> that so man has he, a few albums under his yes, belt he does um, angelic to the core baby he has <laughs> <laughs> he has a new album out or that's coming out or yeah the song was snoop dogg I mean, <laughs> if you can afford his per diem, I'm sure anybody can have a song with Snoop Dogg. Oh, so you're saying we could have a song or a podcast session with Snoop Dogg where we cover bones? Oh, I mean, <laughs> yeah, like deplete the funds for the next five years, but okay. <laughs> true, or, true. Or you're, no, like, you're probably uh, right. Uh, like, cr- you know, CBD company that's right. gonna give us money for that. Or just Snoop Dogg's Hood of Horrors. Uh, uh, no, let's do a good one. Let's do Bones. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, I it was I went with Lindsay. I went with Eric and one of her friends from work, and it was uh, had never been to Edwardsville. Yeah, we it's nice. Pre-gamed at the Stagger Inn again, which if you've never been. Highly recommend that corner bar. Okay. It's probably about two blocks from the venue, which, you know, wasn't Solid. bad. Um, there's closer bars, but unless you want to go to, like, Big Daddy's Edwardsville. <laughs> no, that's all right. Yeah. The college, the most college bar you could probably go to there. Yeah. Um, no. 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 And we, so we had actually missed the first two songs, but they were, like, brand new ones. So we were like, eh, that's okay. That's all right. Um, he did. They did. Dream so dream. hold on, oh, oh, let me set it up. So he I'm did excited. eras. So he did stuff with the Corey's Angels. He's he's 
backing band is not the Angels anymore. I think it's because he married his now wife was one. Yeah. So. So now it's his own um, show. He's got a guitarist, bass player, drum, and she yeah. does keyboards and like synth programming or or you know whatever. Right. Um. Did two songs from the Angel era. Of course, he did Millennium Ascension Millennium. Oh, God. Um, Josh, do yourself a favor. Actually, I'm going to do everybody a favor. I'm dropping these videos in the uh, show notes. Um, I could send you some of the live stuff, too. Uh, I think the the professionally made music videos will be fine. Um, I don't know if anybody went to the movie era where he was doing themes from. Fuck yeah. Movies he had been in and actually started with. What the fuck did he start with? I think he actually started with the, his wife did the Goonies theme, the Cindy Lauper song. Oh, no shit. Goonies are good enough. Yeah. How was it? Not Cindy Lauper. I mean, she's not Cindy Lauper. You know, the musicianship of it is sometimes questionable. Oh. I do. I, I do think. Corey Feldman is talented, but so like these these songs were all solid though. Like okay, um, his drummer then did stand or no lean on me, mm. stand by me, stand by me. I mean those are both valid songs, <laughs> uh, but that's the movie, right? The stand by me, stand yeah. by me. So, but yeah. also so lean on me, Corey, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> lean, yeah, he did not do lean. Which on one me. are we talking about? The um, bad high school or the Stephen King adaptation? Stephen King adaptation. That would be stand by me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, which which Corey Feldman was in drummer sang and then he played drums on. Okay. Then did cry little sister, and it's funny that like the crowd when that song started. It was basically like me and Lindsay were like, fuck, because it's the beginning of the song is very slow. Yeah. And you don't know. It was like we knew it's right away. It's a weird away. song to do a karaoke FYI. It is. Yeah. Listen to the lyrics of that song. Uh, it is. Yeah, reading the lyrics while you're doing the karaoke mm-hmm. is, uh, it's an experience. I was there. Yes. Um, <laughs> then he did Rock On from okay. Dream a Little Dream. Fuck he yes. did not do Dream a Little Dream. Really? Right? That's kind of weird. Especially yeah. knowing, like, that video gets passed around on the internet quite a bit. Uh-huh. You think he'd play into that. Um, and then he did um, two songs from Rock and Roll High School Forever. Oh, wow. And I was like, I was like, damn, this shit's deep cut. Like, yeah, that is. This is cut. a show for diehards. And I will say a lot of people there were, like. Diehards? Diehards. Like. Two rows in front of us, that entire like 12. Are they the was, VIPs? I don't know. Maybe. Well, no, the VIP thing happened after the show. Okay. We didn't do that because it was expensive. I just figured you had regular general admission. It was VIP, it, which would get the meet and greet. V, but, VIP was you separate. You had to buy that separate from tickets. Mm-hmm. But I think there was the first row of the balcony was differently priced than seating everywhere else in the auditorium, which was kind of weird. Okay. Yeah. Um, so he was signing autographs. Yeah. Okay. You just had to pay for the pay meeting. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> or buy a box that he was selling at merch, and he would sign that for free. And I was like, I'm just sure that's so All right. money. Um So did you get anything signed? Or no, because no? okay. I didn't. <laughs> I'm, I'm just... I'm asking. I, no, that's fine. Um... 
think Lindsay tried to bum a cigarette off one of the band members. Oh, one of the. So, <laughs> I, I don't quote me on that. I don't know. But his well, bass player. You've been recorded, sir. Would you like, like me to cut that out? You know, I could totally he, see her doing no, that's that. That's fine. I mean, that's fine. Okay. Uh, I don't. Whatever. His bass player looked like he had flunked out of um, Jack Sparrow school. Oh, no. And it turns out that he is. Bentley Mitchum, who is Robert Mitchum's grandson, no shit. and was the um, bully slash antagonist in Meatballs Four. Oh, <laughs> so it's like, wait, which one was Corey Feldman in? Meatballs Four. <laughs> that's how they met. Um, yeah, that, that's how they met. Lifelong friends. <laughs> The night took a couple turns where, because it was, oh. I would say overall it was a very entertaining yeah. um, night. And that day, Thursday, was the day that Queen Elizabeth died. Oh, okay. And un, somewhat unprompted, they did a cover of All You Need Is Love, Al Capella. And I was like, what is happening? <laughs> okay. And some of the songs on the newer album that he played were just not not like, up to par. The, well, <laughs> I think it's just they haven't really played them. They haven't rehearsed where, them. Yeah, like the okay. covers segment was like spot on because they he's probably been doing that for a couple of years. Sure, sure, sure. Um, it was. I had this thought though, at a time where you know it's. I, very he so he did not do what's up with youth, which kind of made me Ugh. a little angry. It's a fucking uh, anger. He did I know he did come back with uh, comeback king was his first encore song. Of course it was. Yeah. Um, but I kind of sat there going. I can't you know, wait until Josh hears all this. Shit. Are people so easily <laughs> kind of as we get older? Do we become more nostalgic? Yes. And easier yes. and easily e- and easier to please. Because life just knocks the shit out of you sometimes, mm-hmm. and you just want something to make you go, "Huh, cool." Yeah, yeah. You, it, it's comfort food. Like I, I, it's something I've thought a lot about recently. Obviously, with the past couple of years, everyone's been experiencing. But, but yeah, it was like yeah. tonight or that night. It really hit me. Like, oh, I don't know if that's just the period that we're in, where like. People in their 30s and the 80s were they nostalgic for things in the 60s? Sure, you had like the monster kids and shit. <laughs> sure. If you look at yeah. that, um, but I just feel like the the phase that we're in now is everyone once has just this nostalgic and thing to go back. I I mean I, we're veering into something. <laughs> well, it's back to a, a better time when you know a pandemic wasn't happening. It's not, and it's. There's that, but there's so much more where everything feels so uncertain. Yeah. And to think about the future is to think about even more. Like, thinking about the future in general can be uncertain. It's more depressing. Yes. And (laughs) pretty much. So Mm. I think that's why. And it's just. Should have went out in 2000, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Why to kill? Why to kill? I I think that's. It's. Cope. I mean, nostalgia has always been a thing, but then everybody saw how much money could truly be wrung from it. Oh, and yeah. it's still being, it's just. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of fucked. Um, <laughs> speaking of, let's talk about this movie from 1980. No. Uh, <laughs> but I had a I had a great time. Yeah. Um, 
Okay. Glad I went because at first I was kind of like, I don't know if I want to go. Then I was like, well. How much were tickets? Like 35 bucks. And we were in like the okay. seventh row. Okay. Not that it's a very big theater, but. All right. Uh, uh, worth it for the stagger in again. I'll say that. Okay. Yeah. Cool. All right, Josh. Yeah, I don't have anything even close <laughs> as <laughs> as exciting as that. Yeah. Well, what about movies? Well, you know, that's all I do, man. That's all I do. So, uh, there was a day where we went to Andy's house, and he was throwing a party in the backyard. And sometimes he just throws a like a compilation of trailers. And sometimes I write down these trailers. Oh, do you? I do. <laughs> okay. I was like, oh, this looks interesting. I have to watch this. I just figured you probably like went on Letterboxd and added it to your watch list or something. Um, Yeah. I just, eh, yeah. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> well, one of those movies was called Murder by Phone. Oh, fuck oh, yes. yes. Never am, seen this. Let yeah. me know when you want to read the novelization. Oh, you have that. <laughs> I do. So the original title of this movie, or I think in the UK, the title of the movie was called Bells. Oh, there's multiple. Oh, there's multiple titles. So the novelization that I have is just simply called Phone Call. <laughs> and then I believe it says soon to be a movie with John Houseman called the the calling or something <laughs> like that it's the the possibilities are endless yeah, yeah i will tell you in the u.s if you release a horror movie called bells it is not gonna sell no <laughs> murder by phone fucking sells, <laughs> fucking sells. It, it's well yeah i i really want this movie to hit blu-ray I, yes i i I don't oh, know I what it, what is keeping it from coming to Blu-ray. It's Columbia, I think. Owned. I by think Columbia. it's Warner Brothers, or maybe it's Ooh, Warner Brothers. Well, right either, either either way, then either way, but they don't do a lot of sub licensing. Warner well, Brothers, good luck. They're, Warner's starting to. I mean, they loosen up a bit with with Shout yeah, Factory yeah, yeah, yeah. and Shout Factory. Criterion with Sure Bets. Ooh, I, think. I really hope Criterion releases Murder by Phone. <laughs> If they were smart, anything's they would. possible, man. They're putting out Wally. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Murder by Phone is a Canadian horror movie about this uh, disgruntled. What, what would you call it? Like a phone operator? Yeah, he's like a phone technician. Yeah. Okay. And he invents this machine where if he calls someone and hits this machine, it it makes the other person's body kind of explode. Yeah, yeah it kind of fries them out. It fries okay. them out. Now, uh, you would, and the way that that these people are being killed over the phone when yeah. they pick it up is you instantly think of David Cronenberg's scanners. Okay, pretty much. And it's scanners by phone. The scanners by phone. With maybe one eight hundred scanners. With maybe a hint <laughs> of Videodrome. Yes, two ninety nine a minute. <laughs> And uh, and that's that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I nice. mean, there's not much to it. Okay. No, it's pretty much like a serial killer movie yeah. or a slasher, but there's no slashing done. It's it's almost like this weird electro like shock kill. Yeah. Well, there's this like worldwide. It doesn't start as like a worldwide fear, but it becomes like a fear of. 
uh, anybody could just pick up the phone, right? And and mm. they make it very clear in the movie that, and it's kind of ridiculous to think that they said, "Oh, by the year of two thousand, there will be over eight hundred billion phones." And and I was just oh, like, "Jesus Christ, that's yeah. a lot of phones." Cell phones. Um, they just overshot him. They're like <laughs> what we meant to say is that everybody will have a phone. Everyone will have a phone. And there's a possibility you could explode don't <laughs> if you pick up the phone. phone. Well, I, I know there's don't answer don't the phone. Don't answer the phone. So it becomes like an investigation of who is this loon who is hitting this machine and killing right. people over the phone. Uh, but I'll say that the the phone kills are just, uh, uh, no They're pun intended, amazing. a blast. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like hilarious. It's one of those movies that I feel is like a hidden gem that yeah. unfortunately like... I used to have a VHS rip of it mm-hmm. somewhere, and I I think I got rid of it in hopes that like me deleting this yeah. would make it come uh, out to like DVD or Blu-ray. You got to buy like an import. That's yeah, how you, yeah that's no, how it works. Conjured the that's gun, how it works. Yeah. It's only ever been. It might have also been put out on beta, but it's Ooh. definitely only on VHS. Germany needs this? to step up and What's do up? this. How did you watch this? It's on YouTube. It oh, is on okay. YouTube, so you can watch. Uh, now, I think it's a VHS rip as well. It is um, a VHS rip, sure. and it's pretty pixelated. Um, but honestly, it's better than nothing. So yeah, better than nothing. Absolutely. And they're doing. There's. I know of a few cuts of the film, but YouTube has the Bell's title version, which right. is a little bit longer. Okay. Apparently, the the U.S. version is much more tighter paced and shorter. But I, they I leave in. I they leave in all the phone kills, and that's yeah. what's most important. Uh, but it's just so hilarious when like you just see like this innocent woman pick up the phone and go hello and then the other guy goes hi is such and such here and she's like yeah and this is she <laughs> and then he just hits the machine and she just yep. explodes <laughs> and, oh, uh, man, I and I'm just like oh my god job. I wasn't like yeah. not expecting that at all but it's just so satisfying to what did you say Jeremy I said I kind of wish I could do that in my day to day ooh <laughs> oh, it is uh, <laughs> you know uh, <laughs> what it has me thinking of which is another film that I think it's been released on DVD <laughs> but it has not had a like Blu-ray um, release is Telephone starring Charles Bronson. Oh, oh I know what you're talking the about. Sleeper. I've never seen um, it. Oh, I got it on TV in like the early 2000s and it's a uh, um someone is calling and activating the sleeper these KG US uh USSR like sleeper agents to um, start killing like elected officials, polit- you know, um, different. Okay. They say a phrase over the phone of this person. Oh, they hang up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they basically like whip out. Like, yeah, I've never seen this. Yeah. Then they go. It's it's like a mind control movie. It's a mind control movie, and it is so much fun. Uh, Charles Bronson is some retired military guy who's brought in to like figure it out. All right. There we go. Double feature. Murder by phone. Maybe that's on YouTube. As well. <laughs> yeah. Telephone. Yeah. No, I, actually, I want to say that may have a Blu-ray release. I don't know. I know it got a DVD. I know one, it's got a DVD release. I don't know about Blu-ray. Um. Anyway, yeah, Murder by Phone's amazing. I'll drop a link to that YouTube video because, quite honestly, it's probably. I I think that video has been up for a minute. It's been up for a couple years. Yeah. So I'm, like, I'm surprised it it hasn't <sighs> been flagged. I don't know what the issue it's, is. It's but. possibly because it's an alternate cut. Yeah, that they're oh. able to get away with that, but, but it's this still movie tricky. needs to come to 
Blu-ray. It does. Sounds like it. It does. Uh, now you you make me wonder who owns the rights because I want to know. I want you guys like, keep fighting about it. God, it's a movie that deserves Blu-ray. It's so fun for sure. Now I know like Warner Brothers put it out on VHS in the U.S., but I Man, that's that doesn't all I know. Necessarily mean anything, right. No. Um. Cool. All right. Murder by phone. Well, uh, if you're listening to this, uh, my Pearl review is up. It's mm. a, I, I, I'm still chewing on it, to be honest with you. I don't know if I really cared for it as much as I liked X. Um, X, I think I gave like three and a half stars. Pearl's probably three is what I think I rated it. I just, uh, I don't know. I think it, it makes me more upset because they don't, really do a great job connecting things to X. But well, it's also like so what year does Pearl take place? Well, that's in? the other weird thing. Like the late 30s? No. 40s? No. 50s? No. <laughs> 1918. Oh. <laughs> oh. So this is like Grandpa in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Well, that's kind of what She's supposed to be in yeah. So, X, so. she she's a daughter of uh, German immigrants that are farmhands out in Texas, right? Because mm-hmm. that's when the, where it takes place. Even though it was shot in New Zealand, um, Pearl wants to be a star. So pretty identical to Maxine's story, other than like Maxine, you know, does porno. Pearl is just aspiring to be in the spotlight, and I guess. Where it gets kind of confusing is once you start making the connective tissues to X. What I will say is, um, I I assume what's going to happen with Maxine, the 1980s version that just got announced. Yeah. uh, Which, I I mean, I can't say for certain because I was at an advanced screening of Pearl, but that thing that popped up online was not at the end of Pearl. So I don't know it, if it's on the regular prints or if it was it just premiered at um, uh, uh, TIFF. TIFF. Yeah, yeah, Toronto International Film Which Festival. Which I think is the nice that it's like... But I don't know if it was attached to that print or if they were just like simultaneously announcing it. I don't know. I guess we'll... We'll find... But it doesn't yeah. necessarily matter, I guess. Um, but I think what they're going to do with that... I think what he's going to do with that is the revolution from... With pornography to VHS... Oh, that's an excellent point. I didn't think about Which they talk about in X. They're like, oh, well, people, you know, don't have to be perverts anymore. It's 1979. They can watch it on VHS. But I think this is going to be more about the explosion of pornography in VHS form, um, like in 85, Mm -hmm. which, you know, isn't necessarily correct. It's close. I think it's probably like 87 is right when that boom starts hitting. But um, I also feel like he's going to going to turn Maxine, which the new movie's called Maxine with Triple X. Because it's also the third one. And I think that's fucking genius. Yeah. No, it is. Okay. And you know, A24 is going to put out a Blu-ray set called Triple X. Yeah. And it's going to be all three films. Yeah. 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 What are they going to do to Vin Diesel? I don't, I, I'm sorry, sir. That's a vinegar syndrome. That's a VSU. <laughs> VSA coming up. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> God. 
I think what he's going to do, and I, I just want to lay it out there. I, I'll probably be completely wrong, but I think he's going to basically take the Angeline approach. Yeah, I'm kind of wondering about that, too. And, and you know, like you've had two stories where like one ends up in tragedy. She doesn't become a star. The second one, not in this instance, yeah. she doesn't become a star, but that's the same character that's going to be in the third one. Yes. And I think maybe after those failures and like her being the sole survivor of of the incident, that she's going to exploit that and then buy out billboards in L.A. That's that's just kind of where I see that happening. But I'm more interested in the pornography part because in Pearl, there is a, a moment where that's introduced as well. Okay. So he's kind of sort of laying like the starting point, but it's not really talked about as much as it's it's talked about in X. Mm-hmm. So and the other thing I will say is the um, the Herald, uh, the the uh, husband Herald, of Pearl, yeah. um, that I don't think is handled very well in Pearl. Then again, it's a it's a story about Pearl, right? But that's right uh, because he does go away for the war, which he. I think she mentions an ex yes. as well. And um, he comes back and that's pretty much it. Like, you know, an ex, you find out there's something weird in the basement, which seems to be a hot theme this year from what oh, I've been yeah. told. But yeah, I, I did rewatch X, you know, the didn't the day after I just kind of put it on in the office and I was watching it. I'm like, yeah, I don't, really kind of like you there are characters there are scenes there are set pieces that are familiar like she's in the barn and it's like picking up the pitchfork and all this other stuff no i'm just saying anymore i'm not i'm not spoiling you're talking to people in the future i'm not there yet i know baby anyway that stuff's interesting to see but what i will say i think it's a missed opportunity he didn't film it in four by three because then it would mm-hmm. it would come right into X where he's got that nice perfect framing which I thought he was making a comment on and I thought he was going to do but that might be my own personal nitpick <laughs> so anyway Pearl go see it if you want to <laughs> it's a ring look let's be honest it will be out on VOD in like a couple months and with that let's go ahead and get into our main feature don't go in the house in this house 25 years ago a child was given life Donald come here he was raised in isolation you're a bad boy instructed in fear you're evil and you must be punished imprisoned by a tormented mind your father let you do things like that but he's gone now and baptized in flames. Now he has come of age. Don't Go in the House is from 1980, directed by Joseph Ellison, who directed one other movie called Joey. And it's not about himself. What year did that come out? I think 86 or 87. I'm not looking at IMDb. No, that's what have you. I have not seen it. Okay. I, I don't know if it's a genre film. I, I just remember that this guy has only directed two films, and one of them is the film we're talking about, Don't Go in the House. <laughs> Joey came out in 1986. Okay, 86. And What's it about? <laughs> a high school guitarist contends with an unhappy home environment while working to get his band noticed by a music promoter. 
and the guy looks like Elvis. Oh, oh, well, I do know he like worked on something called pelvis. (laughs) You have the IMDb up, I guess. Right. He worked on something called Elvis. Pelvis. 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 Oh, no. No? Um, writer, direct. No. That's Okay, well, I, I remember seeing something. And the lead character's name is Joey King. Oh. Uh, okay. hmm. yeah. Now I want to know this Who pelvis do you think that's It about? looks like nobody has seen this. Uh, okay, Joey. well, it's probably not been properly released. Anyway, Don't Go in the House also stars Dan Grimaldi, which... I think if anybody knows or recognizes that face, it's probably from The Sopranos. Yep. Gabagool. Oh, well, he was in that movie, North, with, by Rob Reiner. There you go. <laughs> well, I mean, it's Rob Reiner. <laughs> Second Reiner drop from, uh, you know, Stand By Me. Yeah. And... All right. Rob Reiner, big fan. <laughs> so Don't Go in the House is a film that I remember seeing when I picked up like the Grindhouse Psychos box set from Shriek Show, mm-hmm. and that had some really good movies on it, um, I remember seeing it. And I'm like, "Fuck, this movie's kind of bleak, but not as bleak as Maniac in a weird way, but very similar to Maniac. Very similar. Very similar. And this predates it by a year. Barely. 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 Quite honestly, they're kind of film. I don't know when the production started on Don't Go in the House, um, but I know Maniac was done by April 1980, and Mm -hmm. I want to say they started shooting in November 1979. And I know the production was started on Don't Go in the House, and it was released theatrically in, actually, it might be April. And then, yeah, Maniac came out November 1980, and then Don't Go in the House came out, like, you know, in April 1980. So it does kind of predate it, but I think they filmed around the same time, or there was some overlap. And Don't Go in the House was filmed in Jersey, whereas Maniac is mainly uh, filmed in New York City. Filmed in Atlantic Highlands, New Jersey. Shout out to MP Massacre for letting us know. Yes, Vaughn, thanks. Appreciate it. Uh, I forget the mansion, but it's a a historic mansion. Oh, that makes sense. In that area. So uh, it looks great on screen, even though, like, apparently when they filmed it, it was dilapidated and falling apart, (laughs) which is probably why they got it so cheap. They're like, oh, this looks great on the outside. Well, the inside's (laughs) falling apart. And actually, you know what? It works. It works. I. Couldn't really when you tell look at the scenes, like, though, you yeah. can see, yeah. like especially the ceilings, they're kind of falling apart. But it adds to the film. It does add to the Absolutely. film. Absolutely. Because uh, what we have is a story about this, this adult guy, this adult man, who lives with his abusive mother. mother. Yeah. Stop me if this sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> In a big house. Uh, and... Yeah, basically she passes away. So what we get is his failure to kind of recognize, uh, well, or he well, does kind of recognize that she's passed away. Well, at first he's really excited 
Yes. Like he's he shot. He jumps on the chair. He, he, yeah, like he's Tom Cruise on Oprah or something. And uh, he starts smoking a cigarette and yeah. he's like really oh, excited. Yeah. And then he's. But then he hears a voice. Yeah, it's he, like he hears a voice. Home no alone one in. When his family's disappeared. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so. Look what you did, you little jerk. Yeah, it, it also kind of reminded me of Home Alone a <laughs> yeah. bit. Um, but it. Uh, shit. Sorry. You're good. Um, it, obviously, this is very much inspired by Psycho. Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's. I guess the biggest takeaway is that, like, Maniac could, on paper, also feel like a ripoff of Psycho. But when you see it, that's the last thing you yeah. think of. Even though, like, it's pretty identical. It's his mother abusing him, and that's kind of what well, made him to be. What? No, I was just saying, I think you've missed the, or haven't mentioned the part that he works in, like, sanitation. Yeah. Um, an incinerator. Yeah. And his mother used to burn him as a child because he was evil. Right. Um, and that comes She into wanted play. to burn the evil. Out yeah. of him. That's how you do it, guys. Purifying Just FYI. Fire. Just pure purifying fire. But um yeah, no, I mean it definitely is going to draw parallels to Maniac. And it's not just the timeline, it's also kind of the story. And also the fact that you're dealing with characters who I mean, it's not diagnosed in either of the narrative, but they definitely have schizophrenia and are hearing voices. Yes. And and what happens at the end of both films is these voices are possibly the haunted, like his, he's being haunted by the people that he killed. Mm-hmm. And the end result is they both die by the hands of, of yeah. the vengeful ghosts of uh, who he murdered. And... Did it happen? Did it not happen? Well, and don't go in the house. It may have happened more so because the house did burn down. But uh, Maniac was kind of all in his head. But obviously, how did he get that way? You know, yeah. yeah. There's there's a couple of different things. But uh, I will say, like, when I remember when I saw this movie, I was just like, man, this is kind of dark kind of depressing in a weird way because yeah. it's just this guy who's socially inept and you know I feel bad for even the, his co-worker Bobby who's like just trying to get him to come out like hang out so yeah he uh, the lead character Donnie yes, he witnesses Donnie. his co-worker uh, burning to mm-hmm. almost death and he just kind of freezes and does he freeze? I, I, I don't know if I would say freeze, though, the, right? Part He's of it, like kind of fascinated. Well, by another co worker defends him and says, Look, in that situation, like what, what, you know, he he's probably stunned. He didn't right, know, right? But really, when the camera lingers on him, he almost seems like kind of satisfied watching it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then he even makes the remark, like, Oh, you, you put out the fire, you put out the flame, or whatever. He was more concerned about the fire than he was with the person who was on fire. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know the the coworker that's trying to defend Donnie, yeah, is also weirdly more concerned about Donnie than the coworker who was burning to death. Sure, sure. So Bobby is that character, and like I, I, I do, I like the dynamic of like this dude just really trying to help this guy who he knows is probably a little off. 
but he's like, oh, I just need to like get him out to a bar and a couple drinks and yeah. it'll be fine. Yeah, to a disco with some well, ladies. Yeah. <laughs> and as we find out later, that's uh, not good. But no. I am really happy that guy picked out his ensemble and didn't go with the Matador oh, shirt. Man. Well, the as, Matador, as no, that's, that's, that that's man, he said he'd steal the show. Yeah. <laughs> and I did. laughed so hard because <laughs> like, I actually watched the movie twice. Okay. And uh, every time that that guy in that that clothing store says that like I laugh so hard. <laughs> it, it's a it's an odd moment, but I like it. <laughs> I, I do too because it almost is like this whole scene didn't need to be in it. No. But oddly enough, it, I found it to be a very entertaining and watchable scene. Yeah, like just him picking out his wardrobe. It's it's almost akin to you know if we're making comparisons to Maniac, it's almost akin to like the fashion shoot in Maniac. It's a break in like this kind of straight edge uh, storytelling that can see be seen as pretty bleak and dark. And it's just like, oh, why do I want to watch this? So they just throw in the scene that's kind of comical. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I mean, I, I and look, it's what? Probably about 20 minutes until the end of the movie when that pops up. Mm-hmm. So for the most part, you are getting a straightforward story um th- yeah. this movie what i so oh, what that ahead. scene reminded me of was actually an episode of freaks and geeks <laughs> when sam goes shopping for clothes and he goes to the disco store and joel hodgson from yeah mystery science, science theater, theater is working and like sets him up with a leisure suit or the jumpsuit <laughs> uh does he say you'll steal the show? No, but basically he's like, this is it. This is hot. And then he wears it to school the next day, and it is the worst, worst. day of his yeah. life. Um, didn't it turn him into a serial killer, though? No, 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 no. I could understand if it had. I think what makes this movie stand out much, you know, Maniac is a, a great slice of New York City-based grindhouse cinema. And how it's able to kind of just give you a slice in the life of some crazy nut job that's running around New York City. And it's got the atmosphere um, because it's shot in New York City. Yeah. But you also get the Tom Savini effects. With Don't Go in the House, um, what makes this movie for me is probably Richard Einhorn's score. Yes. Um, He also composed uh, Shockwaves. He's done a lot of stuff. Blood Rage? Blood Rage is yeah. the big one. I I just need waxwork, please. Come on. You've worked with him twice now. Please make it happen. Just give me even if it's not enough music, give me a fucking seven inch. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, and put all the disco tracks on there too. Uh so the, yeah, that is one thing that made me upset with Don't Go in the House is it does not have the banner struck by a boogie lightning which i know niles picked i think when we were talking about like horror scores and i'm like dude that's not even a score oh you should have played it, it at my wedding oh I, yeah. <laughs> did we not no. <laughs> we should have damn it is it not in the movie so no it's in the movie it's at the it's twice in the movie yeah um uh, during that scene that we were just talking about with the ensemble but also yeah. at the end and, Yep. It's not on the vinyl release oh, from Waxwork. They apparently understood. the rights to get that to release are either crazy expensive or crazy complicated. Yeah. I would assume probably goddamn disco ladder, but um, because it's like I think it's a French group that did it or something. Mm-hmm. 
Um, at Late Night Grindhouse, you said that there was a disco track that w- will always just, you won't leave your head. It's always stuck in your head. Was that the song that you were yes. talking about? Yes. That is 100% yeah. the song I'm talking about. Because I didn't quite find it as catchy as the disco track from Miss 45. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, sir. Sorry I let you down. <laughs> I mean... I don't know, Josh. You give it a couple more weeks. Let that fester in your brain. It, uh, it's still stuck in my head. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it, it's, uh, it's, it's a banner. So in this movie, we haven't gotten to, though, is he, he becomes this serial killer. Yes. And But let's talk about the lengths he goes to to do this. It is it, very involved. He, yeah. he basically stocks up on aluminum. Don't know if he had a connection through a guy. At his job, but he fi- essentially fireproofs the a room. the guy's name was Al. It reminded Al. me of those old Luminum. projector booths that were all kind fireproof. Of, yeah. yeah. In case the film prints caught on fire. Yeah, so he takes like a day or two off and fucking fireproofs a room full of aluminum and then like cons this poor lady. Mm-hmm. This fucking poor lady who is just like, wants to close down, isn't going to let him in. And finally, he convinces her. He's like, "All right, if if it's something simple, I got I got what you need. Pay and get out four fifty. Well, he finds a way to get her into a car and drop her off because there is fucking men, sleaze balls, cat calling her. Oh yeah, yeah. And and yeah. So uh, the the real monster." offers her a ride and then says, oh, well, I got to stop by my house for my mother and all this other shit and basically entraps her and then sets her, like knocks her out and sets her up in this room. And this is the scene that essentially landed this film on the video nasty list. The first time I ever saw this, um, I, that scene was like, it's rough. rough. Like, and I feel so bad for this actress. I don't, I, uh, I don't think she has any interviews on the Blu-ray, and really? this is the only movie she did. Yeah, and it's just to, it makes you wonder if like this is what ruined it. He, I mean, it, it I just, don't know. That, it, it's I, just uncomfortable. Very humiliating because she's stripped down, mm-hmm. just bears everything, and is poured gasoline on her, and is uh, yeah. he takes a flamethrower and just. Now, you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong, because I'll be honest, I I streamed this on Tubi just as a refresher. Mm -hmm. I've seen the movie a couple times now, but I wanted to save a proper rewatch for the Saturday night show. Sure. You can't be doing that. And I have the old Scorpion releasing Mm -hmm, release, mm -hmm. but it's sealed in plastic like most of uh, my Maybe sell it. Uh, well, now I gotta get the Severn one, so maybe it could be a horror trivia prize. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Don't, expect, yeah, don't nah. expect it for any time soon. <laughs> anyway, what I'm getting at, with that scene, I think there's really only one or two nude, uh, nudity shots, but here's the problem, and this is where I think the, the... The print on Tubi may have been censored because I vaguely remember a little bit it being a little bit more graphic. Yeah. So, um, but I didn't know if I was dealing with like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So there's, if you watch the open mat version, which I have on VHS, there's a lot more nudity shown in the framing 
But on the Blu-ray, it's in widescreen and it crops the top and bottom. But and you're talking about the seven release, right? The seven yeah, release, yeah. yeah. Doesn't it have the open matte? No, cut? no. But oh. in the special features, that's that scene okay. is in the special features for if you want to watch see all the nudity. This poor woman. I like, don't think it's really worth it, to be quite mm-hmm. honest, because so when that scene came on, and it, again, it was the 2B version, so most of her nudity was framed out. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the runtime of the 2B version you watched? Oh, shit. I don't know. I I don't remember. You could look it up. The version... I so will. I actually watched two cuts of this film. Okay. But so I'll so, get to the differences later. Um, I watched the... T- I've seen this a couple times. Um I have it on VHS and then bought the Severin, um, the genuine, like, bought the Severin, watched that, and then I decided, I was like, I'm going to watch the TV cut, but we can talk about that later. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah, I remember when when I kind of stopped and started watching the scene, I'm like, you know, it's, I don't remember it being as forgiving mm-hmm. to that actress as what I saw, which I don't know if that's like just a bad taint in memory. I I remember the scene being pretty brutal. And I'm not saying it's not brutal, but it's not as graphic as I thought it was. I I agree. Like the second time I saw it, I was like, you know, man, I this is just not as horrible as like I don't know it's if it just was just It's just what happened. It's right. the content of the scene that is what makes it pretty brutal. Mm-hmm. And in that case, I also like you know, sure, she she was actually nude on set, and like Josh is, you know, alluding to, uh, maybe it's the Arrow version that has so, somebody has the open so mat version be, on there. The the Tubi version is eighty nine minutes. Okay, but <laughs> the main version is eighty two like minutes. minutes. Got yep. it. So it may be like. Um, version of the TV cut, which I think yeah. is actually like 90 minutes. Yeah, I want, I want to minutes. say something Something goes over 90 minutes. It's the so TV there's cut. There's okay. like an extended cut that combines both TV and yeah. theatrical versions that okay. runs 92 Disc minutes. Okay. And the TV cut just runs 90 minutes. Yeah, I was holding out to try to get the free Blu-ray from the sale in 2020 and then but, they told me, uh, oh, you can't have that. Now, Arrow Video put out in the UK, like a limited, very limited edition release. That, with Christopher Shine artwork, yep. the guy who did the Mandy artwork. With the open mat uh, transfer. Okay, so I'm not misremembering. Mm-hmm. Okay. But that's the only way to get the open mat version, other than mm-hmm. Severin, where, where it's just like scenes? Or? It's, it's just the one scene in oh. the special features. Oh, they knew exactly what y'all fucking sickos <laughs> were right. looking for. But like at that point, it's like, because the whole time I'm watching it, I was like, you know, this movie would actually look a lot better if it was open mat. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know. That's just me. The movie was also originally called The Burning, which I, I, which I, we covered in the Burning episode. Yeah, which we covered <laughs> in the Burning episode. There's a callback for you. But um, no, yeah, I, I'm kind of, I still want to get this from Severin. Um, I'll probably wait until Black Friday to buy it because I do, en- it's hard. It's, <laughs> you know, I do enjoy this movie because I think it's got different things to, off- to offer um, especially with films from that era, you know, I think it's as unique as Maniac is. Maniac is one of those things where the mood is set 
and the atmosphere is like somewhere you don't want to live. It almost paints like a kind of down and out perversion of New York City, but that's also kind of what it was at that point. And that's not there anymore. So there's almost a sense of nostalgia for that. Like, holy shit, do you remember when this was happening? And there's like this blend. Well, it's a blend of reality in a weird way versus don't go in the house. It's not really locale based and it could take place anywhere. Um, So I, I think, but there's interesting things to it, especially with the ending You've insulted everyone that lives in Atlantic Heights. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think where it gets interesting is like we we hear the voices as an audience, and and then by the end there was a suggestion that the voices that our main character Donnie was hearing were not his own voices, but possibly something else that like may manifest in in rage against parental units or something Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's just kind of i don't know it's kind of interesting it's uh you know the end shot i i love the little snippet at the end scene where we get the closure of what happened to donnie and that the house burned down through a news report that this kid is watching and then his mom comes in and yells at him and fucking hits him. And then you hear the voices and he's just yeah. staring at the camera and then snap cut the boogie lightning, baby. <laughs> it's just, it's such a dissonant kind of ending that it just hits a little harder. Mm. Um, but no, I, I like this film because it also feels very down to earth in a weird way where like it's it's a very modest film it's not trying to be extravagant whatsoever like the set pieces the lighting it's all kind of dog shit but (laughs) but there's this weird kind of it it lends this kind of weird honesty to it that you kind of believe that this could happen and this could be like the weirdo of your neighborhood you don't know what happens when he gets out of your normal routine like maybe you work with somebody who's weird do you ever wonder what happens when they go home like what is their day after work Mm. kind of a creepy concept if you really think about it and uh yeah yeah and you know i felt bad in the disco scene i'm like dude you're looking sharp you're gonna make it and no he has a freak out because this girl who's trying to get him to dance with him pulls his arms over an open flame, mm-hmm. which is what his mother used to do with the stove. And he's got scars, he very odd up. scars, yeah. by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he's got scars up and down his uh, both of his arms. So he it's like scar- they look like Plato. Yeah, they do kind of look like Plato. It's well, like, oh, was that a suicide was attempt a or a burn? Movie. But yeah, any, <laughs> anyway, he like he ends up picking up the fucking candle and like throwing it on <laughs> her and yeah. like torching her hair. And that scene, like, those shots go on maybe a little too long where it makes it uncomfortable. It's just like, oh, God, Jesus, okay, is anybody going to step in? And and I I will say, I do laugh at the brother who's, like, just sitting at the bar, has no fucking clue his sister's on fire until somebody's like, hey, your sister. Yes, guy fucked up your sister. He goes, kicks his ass. Yeah, he's like, what? (laughs) What? What? Yeah, when he tackles him in the parking lot, man, that that looked very real. Oh, it looks very real. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's it, it's an interesting look into you know a psychotic mm-hmm. 
kind of serial killer and it's done on a very honest or like i don't know a subdued manner it's very restrained it's not trying to be outlandish you know, this isn't Joe Spinell sweating profusely <laughs> all over the lens or anything as much as it's, I love it. It's hard not to think of Maniac it when you watch It is very this. hard, especially but, once, once once the burned bodies that he's keeping in the living room so, yeah. come to life. <laughs> in, instead of Joe Spinell going, <laughs> you have, you can listen to the music as loud as you want. You must like you have but you would think it would be a little more heavy-handed with like the amount of whispering that's going on sure <laughs> if you build it he will come, come. yes <laughs> you burn it they will come oh, oh right. after you <laughs> oh i'm sorry but yeah um reach peak orgasm you must keep burning <laughs> god all right okay anyway okay got weird so yeah i mean look i think it's a high recommend hopefully you got to see it at light grindhouse hopefully you enjoyed it uh if you didn't i'm sorry uh go rent it sure um tubi i don't know what cut you're getting but yeah let's talk about some of the blu-ray i guess yeah so um i I didn't watch all the extras, but okay. the most interesting extra that I just I, I love when when companies do this is when they do like the uh, before and after lo- like location oh, yeah, yeah. scouting. Mm-hmm. That's always and fun. The house uh, in Don't Go in the House <laughs> is still standing. Yeah, it looks like like the main living area has been uh, redone, but like the attic area like the upstairs there still kind of looks really crappy okay they were going to uh demolish that house um shortly after filming there and a historical society like purchased it and restored it and saved it cool and um uh, but a lot of the locations, like the flower shop, um, oh, yeah, like I mean, the disco. Uh, God damn it, the disco's not there. Well, the disco, <laughs> coincidentally, the it's disco. A subway now. No, the the disco became a clothing store, mm. similar to the clothing store scene. Do they just have the okay. matador behind a like <laughs> uh, frame? It's actually called the matador. <laughs> we got a mannequin's got the matador. Um, and then. I didn't watch any of the interviews. I know there's two commentary tracks. I watched sure. interview with. Um, I would have to look at this, but I watched two of the interviews. They're great. Like it's. Uh, I mean, I'm not surprised it's Severin, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That, it's I a watched, loaded set. It's yeah. two discs. So. Yeah. So the TV cut is featured on the first disc, um, with the main feature, which. Aside from them changing words around, like oh, which I have a list of uh, some of the line changes if you want to hear them. Instead of the word, word instead so, of the word, yeah, instead of the word they're using in the beginning, oh. which is not a disparaging term, we're not going to say. Yeah, yeah. They use it's nutcase. Nutcase. Thank you. Okay, I'll take oh, it. What are some of the other ones? That was the main one I picked up on. I was like, yeah, uh, she's a bitch is replaced by she's trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my ass is covered is replaced with I'm all covered. <laughs> uh, holy shit. Hey, you motherfucker is replaced with. Oh, gee. What do you mean? What? Hey, you. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Uh, Jesus, what a place is just cut down to geez, what a place. <laughs> All right. And one more. This is probably my favorite one. Hey, you sick son of a bitch is changed to hey. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, and the, there's actually, they, they add some scenes to pad out the runtime. Okay. Um, I couldn't like. The only, the and they're. There's two scenes, and they're actually the scenes with Donnie talking to the dead corpses. Okay. And those are okay. those scenes are a lot longer. Yeah. Okay. But um, I also want to bring up something that I was really surprised, because we talked about how brutal the flamethrower scene is yeah. in the yeah. uh, early on. Um, Which it's the first kill. It's the first yeah. kill. It is surprisingly very expertly like worked around in the TV version. So like what what happens is um you know they work around all the nudity with zoom in shots or whatever. Sure, sure. Um but right before he's about to fire the flamethrower, it cuts to the freight doors at his work closing almost like like a a jump scare. And I was like, you know it almost kind of works even better. That way. I thought it I thought it worked for like, you know, being a worker instead of just kind of completely That's interesting. I don't know. Just cutting to awkwardly, <laughs> yeah. Just instead of just awkwardly cutting the whole scene or cutting right. to commercial, yeah. right. they actually like kind of used it to their advantage to add like kind of a jump scare thing and almost kind of leave your imagination like you know what's gonna happen. Right. And then you see the corpse later. And it almost kind of strangely works works better. Okay. That's just my opinion though. Nice. So cool. And <laughs> Severn Films knocked it out of the park then. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean it's a it's a release that's been on my radar, but like I said, it's no, like the, you're thinking of don't go near the park. What? No, that's no <laughs> That's a that's in the pre-show, by the way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't go in the house. I mean, it's a movie I I like. With that said, it's like I, I I'm looking at the Blu-ray right now. It's still sealed from Scorpion releasing, so I wasn't in any rush to get it from Severin. But I will be purchasing it. You know, Black Friday. Just because I do like this movie, I think it's an interesting watch. I bought the January bundle that had that in Delirium. Delirium, the St. Louis shot movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, shot in Missouri. Huh. Hmm. Hmm. Huh. So would you recommend the movie, not recommend the movie? I'd recommend it. Um, I think, look, Maniac's fucking great, but it is not for everyone. Right. Um. I think you could maybe give this... I this th- feels like a compromise. It feels yes. like the in-between between Psycho and Maniac, if you yeah, were ever doing it like, that. If you don't know someone could hang with Maniac, <clears throat> it's like, well, maybe this. But they may... It's you know, that first death, they may be like, mm, no thanks. Yeah, yeah, that's where it gets sketchy, right? Is yeah. like, that for, once you get past that first death, everything else is relatively tame. Yes. I, you know, there, oh, and I know I'm going to bring this up, but um, you know something that kind of disturbed me is um, the fact this, that all the guns were in the window. <laughs> yeah, that too. Yeah. Um, is the scene where he goes into the market and this lady's trying to leave, mm-hmm. and he's he's like, "Hey, let me can I tear your bags?" He goes, "Well, how about I give you a ride home?" And then she gets like really frustrated and is right. like. 
like, dude, will you fuck off? Yeah. And but later you see her dead. I think you're you're supposed yes. to imply. So it just makes me think. Like, I wonder how he. Well, he doesn't he was make that to- comment to like the uh, the shop owner? What was that? Was it, it was the market? So I guess he was just the cashier. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, I guess I really scared her or something. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go talk to her. But and I'm gonna go it apologize. Out. Yeah, yeah. Apologize. I'm gonna go right. apologize. So he chases off after her, and then you see her dead, and it's yeah. like, man, what happened in between? And that's just like what you don't see is kind right. of, you know, yeah. creepier than what you do. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I think it's a I, I think it's a movie that has the possibility of creeping mm-hmm. a lot of people out. <laughs> uh, like if, if you like your 80s slasher movies, then yeah, don't go in the house is, you know, pretty satisfying. Mm-hmm. Watch. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I would call it a slasher movie. That's the only caveat to it is like once you get past the first kill, there's not really any crazy like bloodshed or any crazy set pieces. It's just it's more of a psychological. There's a candle in the face. Yeah, there's a candle. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and the candle in the hair. Yeah. Um, But outside of like the end scene when they all get up and come after them, like that's about it as far as the supernatural kind of horror element sort of thing, which obviously we're dealing with possibly just the psychotic guy. So it's probably all in his head and he probably just accidentally burned the fucking house down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, I think it's an interesting movie and it's definitely one that, you know, obviously made its rounds during the grindhouse era in, you know, nineteen eighty. Uh, well, and also getting that video nasty label helped. Getting the video nasty label helped, and it's it's a wonderful thing in the subset of don't movies. Which, uh, if you did come to Late Night Grindhouse, you saw some of the trailers for them. One of my favorite ones that I couldn't really find a good quality of uh, was "Don't Open the Window," which mm. is technically the Living Dead of Manchester Morgue, yeah. which you can pick up on Blu-ray through Synapse. All right. So, yeah, don't go in the house. Recommend. So hopefully you enjoyed it at Late Night Grand House. If you haven't seen it, please, I, I implore you, go go watch it. it the the decent, I, I want to say just the theatrical cuts on Tubi. Um, it's the TV cut because it's longer. But, it, yeah. It's 88 minutes. The, theatri- the, the theatrical is 88? 80, 82. 82. 82 minutes, yeah. Man, that's going to be a nice Grand House then. Right, <laughs> short and sweet, baby. Be out of there by eleven thirty. It's you. You're gonna be talking till one a.m. Yeah, no, yeah, that's true. All right, all right. Anyway, Jeremy, where can people find you on the internet? Well, you can still find me on Instagram at vaccinated at Camp Blood till I come up with a better username, which yeah, I really say haven't. It every time. Nobody offers any help. Well, if you uh, have any suggestions, yeah. please hit him um, up. Twitter, sometimes J Bonesy, same thing, letterbox. You can also hear me, upcoming episode of It's Just Two Movies podcast, where we talk about two movies I did hey. with a friend, Daniel King. All right. Um, does fun stuff. We talk about October. It's coming out in October, so we talk about October events and nice. shit like that. Cool. Yeah. Rad. Uh, you can find me on Letterboxd, Joshinator1989. That's it? That's it. I'm. I'm just. I'm, I'm his, done everywhere. I'm else. done Instagram everywhere else, private. dude. I. Yep. I'm okay. No more Twitter. All right. I understand. I get it. I. If I didn't work from home, I probably would never be on it. Yeah. Yeah. 
You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd through Treefy, T-R-I-E-F-Y. You can find us all as a collective at DTB Horror on Twitter, on Instagram at Destroy the Brain, or Facebook.com slash Destroy the Brain. You can also visit our uh, website, DestroyTheBrain.com. And uh, hopefully by now, I got that Freddy's Nightmares article <laughs> popped up. Otherwise, we're just going to oh, keep the joke going. Yeah, uh, yeah, that should be up though. By the time you, <clears throat> by the time you get it up there, that uh, just canceled German Blu-ray, Blu-ray release will actually get a real Blu-ray real release. release. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, join our Discord server again. We are doing monthly movie madness. This month is Netflix's Incantation. Uh, Discord.destroythebrain.com is how you join. Okay, our events coming up. Yes, the next one is September 29th, Dead Zone. Live. Live. Dead Zone live at the Mad Art Gallery. We're just going to watch... Doors at 7 p.m. Wishmaster, right? We're watching Wishmaster. Again, I'm doing a trailer reel. I'm digging up all sorts of weird 90s. Basically, I want you to feel like a weird 90s horror kid. Yeah. Uh watching it and what it was like in the dark ages (laughs) (laughs) okay and then october 14th and 15th is late night grindhouse presents lucio fulci zombie Mm, yes also known as zombie versus shark also known as zombie 2 also known as roger's favorite movie (laughs) also known as roger's favorite movie wouldn't be surprised if the podcast episode about zombie has roger in there it only feels right no it's got to yeah it's gotta so uh, tickets are on sale now. We'll have a link in the show notes for all the movies uh, that we talked about, as well as tickets and stuff like that. In the show notes, uh, tickets are 10 bucks on sale now at the pair. Uh, and then October, October 21st, 21st, our final horror trivia night of the year at the Heavy Anchor. Tickets are 10 bucks per team. You can have up to five players per team. Pretty dirt cheap, if you ask me. Yes. And uh, 100 points if the whole team's in costume. 100 points of. So, yeah, you don't need to know shit. Just come in costume, you got 100 points. You're Boom. already up on the board. We'll also do dead giveaways uh, through our we'll social media. Uh, Maybe we won't. You're such a hard ass. I am. We'll be doing that on social media. And uh, those are essentially just cheats where we give you the fucking answer. Because we're tired of hearing it. (laughs) (laughs) Josh contributed two prizes already for horror trivia. All right. So you could win Trick or Treats or Krampus on vinyl through Waxwork. Thanks, Josh. I don't even remember giving you those, but okay. Yeah, you gave those to him. They're sitting over there. Oh, you're welcome. (laughs) They may not be there by the time trivia rolls. Oh, wow. (laughs) Jesus. Anyway. So that's October 21st. It's essentially kind of what we consider the Halloween kickoff, even though like zombie, I guess, should be. The the Halloween kickoff is Wishmaster Live. That's true. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Halloween spooky season. And then the last thing going. Oh, well, a couple shit. A couple more things. October 28th, you'll find at least Um, me at Pops. Mm -hmm. I'm emceeing a concert, which is a Halloween show featuring... A corn tribute band from Chicago, the typo negative tribute band here from oh. St. Louis, Tool, and uh, somebody else. Can't remember. Some other tribute band. Well, how much is it to get in? I have no fucking clue. I don't right. really have the fine details, so be 
sure to go to destroythebrain.com slash events and we'll let you know. But I can just tell you right now at the time of the recording, I'll be there emceeing the show. So we'll probably have some merchandise there as well. And then last but not least, November 18th and 19th is the Beyond the Composer's Cut uh, St. Louis premiere of that version. Uh, that's for our late night grindhouse. Anyway, yeah, you've heard enough. I gotta end this with Struck by Boogie Lightning just because it's only right. Thank you very much for joining us, and we'll see you in a couple weeks. Bye. Bye.